Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Standing in for Damon Bruce, in fact, standing on Damon Bruce and his tattered relationships with the world, the lovely and talented Alan Styles. Hey, Hi, Ray. Dad. What's going on? Oh, you know, not too much. Enjoying a Monday. Sun's starting to pop out a little bit, so I'm going to... Give a, it time. That, I'm, it, I'm in a better be mood. Soon. I'm in a better mood for now. Yeah. Are, are you having Damon, Damian Lillard's day, though? No. I, I am not, but I wish I was. You know, that's the that's the type of energy I wanna I wanna bring through, Ray. This is 70, 71 point energy. Because this guy and look, I got a lot to, I've had a lot to say about Damian Lillard and how he gets viewed and when you look at what he's done for the Blazers and who he who he is to the Blazers, how could he be remembered? A lot of people bring up Seth Curry when you talk about Damian Lillard. But make no doubt about it, this guy is one of one in his own right, just in a different way. Yeah, he's invested in a town that, in truth, probably has not paid him back commensurately. As mm-hmm. much as he's loved, he's been on a series of teams that haven't been impactful. So he's been impactful on that franchise's behalf. Mm-hmm. And we bring him up not only because he went for 71 yesterday, but because the Warriors play the Blazers tomorrow night here in town. And because Lillard's an Oakland guy, and he's also a Portland guy, he might be the least recognized, genuinely great player in this league. Right now. Well, I mean, yeah, not over the history of mm-hmm. the league. I mean, I, we could go through any number of Hall of Famers. And, yeah. But he's, I mean, he was, I would say he was amazing last night, but we've seen him have heaters like this before. In fact, I looked this up. He's one of five guys in the history of the league to go for 60 twice in the same year. Ridiculous. I mean, just, you know, who, who does that? And the others, well, Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, James Harden. I mean, that's a guy who not only has the green light, but he's earned it. So in yeah. so in that way, he's got a little bit of the, the Curry comp in him. And if he'd had players around him as good as the ones that Curry's had, there might be a ring on his finger. But this is where I want to go with that. Because when I mentioned that I've been, I don't want to say hard on Damian Lillard, because there's nothing to be hard on him for. You look at who he's played with. You look at his current situation. Is there any piece of this? Am I completely out of bounds to say Damian Lillard choosing to stay with the Blazers also put him in a position where he doesn't have to play with any expectations? If he's made it okay in his mind that I don't really... Look, he's never going to say this, but if you decide to stay somewhere like the Blazers and not move on, you know, we've always heard the rumblings about the Lakers and other places. If he's deciding, I'm I'm going down on my sword and that sword is in Portland, 
is there any piece of this to where it's something to the effect of, all right, well, I wouldn't say he's running from the grind, but he doesn't have the same expectations of other players because he's never in a position to win. That's putting that's putting the onus on him when that should be on the team. He's not in charge of the roster. No, but I'm just saying I mean, choosing to stay. Okay, but you choose to stay because you like the place you're playing. Mm-hmm. You like the people you're playing with. That means front office, all of it. And they've had front office changes. And Damian Lillard's not a guy who's just going to do something because somebody else says he ought to do it. It's not up to him to sit there and fashion a legacy that somebody else approves of. But I do. I mean, it's not. And the matter of expectations. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, he puts expectations on himself, and the burden of having championship expectations is largely a function of those who fashion the team. That should be. That should be on the Portland front office for saying, you know what, we've got this this gem. Why don't we see how well we can polish it up? And they haven't done that. I mean, they got to one conference final right. in the time he's been there. And, you know, they've made runs at it, but they failed at it. Now it's a, it's a team that's going to struggle to get into the play-in game. But that's not on him. That's on them. I don't think it's on him, but I also do think that there's no world where he would ever say, I'm okay if I don't win a championship because you just can't say that. But if you're deciding to stay somewhere for a uh, very long period of time and this place has shown you that it is not able to do enough to get you what you need to win a championship, to me, there is some version of that that says I'm okay with not winning a championship. I don't think that... I think that's too simplistic. I think part of this is... He's made he's made his stance here. Mm-hmm. Having made his stance here, meaning Portland, it is incumbent upon the rest of the organization to raise itself up to his level. Because I don't think he is okay with not winning a championship. And the truth is, if he said, I want to go to the Lakers, do you think Damian Lillard would win a championship with the rest of that team? I think he could. I think he had. A- That's not could. He'd be leaving. It would have to be for a dead cert. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that there is a dead cert. Not because because I don't believe that you just stack talent like Jeng- like a Jenga tower. No, it's you've got it. You've got to be part of a greater whole. And Lillard has been the nucleus of a franchise that has not built well enough around him Mm -hmm. and so i again i you know if we're going to if we're going to pin his legacy to having no no ring and no parade then to me that's on the that's on the franchise that's not on him i I don't think i would pin it to his legacy i'm just saying that looking at how he's kind of moved throughout this and i appreciate the fact that he hasn't wanted to leave all i'm saying is that Hey, I mean, if you look at, I know colleges are different because these NBA teams, they're worth millions. But if you stayed at a team that was in the whack or, or, or something like that, and you really wanted to win a national championship and you stayed for 15, 20 years and you never got your national championship, to me, at some point, you decided, hey, I, I would, as much as I want to win a championship, I don't want to leave here in order to do it for whatever the reason is and Damian Lillard has said if he got a ring somewhere else it wouldn't feel the same so I hear him on that I think it speaks to what Portland hasn't been able to deliver him and it always and it also speaks to me not looking at it in a negative light but moving forward is Damian Lillard the ring culture will never change but there is there a piece of this to where Damian Lillard is one of the first players uh, at, at his caliber to stand up a little bit to ring culture and say, hey, I'm going down the way I want to go down. He can never say that he doesn't want to win a championship because we know he does. But in his in his opinion, in his mind, it's just as important to him to stay where he is and do whatever it is that he does in his career in Portland, which is interesting because 
At the same time, they're the ones in Portland not giving him enough. So he's being loyal to a team that isn't giving him the pieces to get to that next level. Yeah, but he, there's no place he can go where you could just say, well, that's it. This team wins it all. It's just because, I mean, one, he's a ball-centric guy mm-hmm. with a big salary number. And I don't know how many teams could get him. I mean, just the salary cap being what it is. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay in my mind that he makes a stand where he makes it. And we bring him up again because the Warriors are playing them tomorrow night. And every game involving a Western Conference team from the fourth place to 13th is a huge thing from now on. It's not yeah. just the Warriors' schedule. It's all 10 teams. Mm-hmm. And Portland, weirdly enough, is one of those teams on the cusp. In fact, the standings, which is hilarious enough, Phoenix is fourth. The Clippers are a half game behind. Blaze, the uh, Ma- Mavericks are a half game behind that. The Warriors are a half game behind that. The Jazz are a half game behind that. The Timberwolves are a half game behind that. The the um, the Pelicans are are even with them. The Blazers are a half game behind that. The Lakers are a half game behind that, and Oklahoma City's a half game behind that. That's the standings today, which is why every game hugely matters, and why it why it's just fun to talk about. More than just the Warriors, because now they are part of a much greater and more amorphous whole. Well, in every every game, it's oh, we're only two games out of fourth place. You're also almost you know, only yeah. two games out of eleventh place or thirteenth place. So yeah, the war yeah the Warriors are a half game a game and a half behind Phoenix and a game and a half ahead of Portland. So these games are massive for them, mm-hmm. and it's sort of fun in a different way because the Warriors. They are who they are by now. They're not going to defend great. They, if they shoot well, they win. If they don't, they don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're like your standard 500 team. But the beauty of that is every game matters now. Mm-hmm. So, And not just every game. Eight of the ten teams in that grouping play tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. So it's scoreboard watching every night from here on out. We need to break. Yep. Because my heart's beating like a rabbit. <laughs> we are sponsored. Hard to believe, but people sponsor this by AC Transit. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Play spins, fires on the way. He banked it in! He banked it in three from the right corner! You've got to be kidding me! 96-94. Or was that a two? It was a two. They call it a two. Either way, he banked it in from the corner! Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95-7 The Game. We're back. Um... Clay Thompson has had himself a month. Yes, he has. Um, and it's probably worth noting, not just because he's a warrior, but because there were, there were a lot of people for a while who were willing to forget about him as the team's second best offensive option. Mm-hmm. And it's clear now, just based on, like I said, going back to February 1st, that he is clearly the, the team's second best offensive option behind Curry, and which means that right now, a night like a light, a night like Friday nights where he went for forty-two, or last night where he went for thirty-two. That's kind of who he's becoming. I mean, just mm-hmm. he's managing to fill at least part of the Curry void. Yeah, he. I was one of those people, Ray. I was being completely honest with you. I didn't think that Clay was done. I just wasn't sure what we were going to see from Klay Thompson. Because when you look at Klay Thompson and the way he does score, let's be completely honest, even before the injuries, he's never been a guy that can really, he's not going to break you down off the dribble and get to get to the cup. He can do that sometimes, but that's not really what he does. He's going to either work through screens, he's going to you know, get the open shots, he's going to run through cuts and do things like that. So to see what he was going to be after the injuries, just thinking, okay, will he be as mobile as he was prior to the injuries? I was worried. And last season, we saw glimpses at the end. We, we even saw some glimpses defensively. So you thought he could move in the right direction. Here's a question, Ray. Is it more of a praise for Clay Thompson and him reminding people of who he is and what he can do, looking at him as this second option? Or... Is it a bit of an indictment on Jordan Poole and where he's maybe plateaued a little bit this season? Because last season, Jordan Poole was the second option. And this season, to start the season, if you were to ask me, I would say Jordan Poole. Now, if you ask me, I would say the second scoring option is Klay Thompson. So maybe it's just, it was just a matter of Clay getting back to who he is. Is it more of that? Or is it also, well, Jordan Poole... Last year was a great year for him, but let's not let's not get it twisted. He has a lot that he still needs to learn. I think it's some of each, but yeah, you know, I'm not you know willing to hit pool over the head with a shovel and bury him where he stands. No, neither. I am think I. I think it's more a matter of we're seeing we're seeing the limitations of his game as it currently stands, mm. which is. He's a very much a, a streak shooter. Right. When he has a bad night, he can't overcome it in other ways the way Thompson could five years ago. Right. In fact, I'm not even sure that Thompson overcomes it on nights when he has a bad shooting. Well, he's just going to keep shooting. Well, they both keep shooting. Mm-hmm. That's not... They're, neither is bashful. Right. But Thompson, in his genuine prime was also the lockdown defender that allowed Curry's own defensive shortcomings to be minimized. Yeah. Poole doesn't have that. At least he doesn't have it yet. Mm-hmm. And really, that's all you can go on. You can't project into the future and say, he's going to be this because nobody knows. Mm-hmm. But for right now, you know, when the ball has to be in somebody's hands and a basket has to be made, it's much better for it to be in Thompson's hands than Poole's. I also think that going back to what we talked about in, in in terms of Clay Thompson and what he does, is it even more impressive that Clay... We were just talking about Damian Lillard in the last segment. Damian Lillard is a 
a guy that it can take you off the dribble. Explosive athleticism. People forget how he, he would just dunk on you at any point in time. You look at the guys that are putting up these crazy points, Ray, whether it's Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, all of these guys, I guess, just athletically speaking, can do more than Clay Thompson. So it's almost as if Clay is... What were you going to say? No, no, no. I was going to say he's got one thing that none of them have, though. He still has the world's quickest release, uh, well, which is the thing that separates yeah. him from everybody else. No, I, I and, agree. And it's it, it's the one thing. Then I I probably shouldn't have interrupted, but it's the one thing I wanted to mention because no, I love it. Right? That's a gift that makes him. You love my interrupting you. Yes, that's disturbing. You're oh, engaged. So I love it. Oh, give it time. <laughs> I'll fade fast. No, it's the one thing that separates him from the rest of that class, mm -hmm. which is. He can do a thing that Lillard can't do. He can do a thing that Booker can't do. He can do a thing that in some ways even Curry can't do. Right. Is he can catch and shoot faster than anybody else and more and as more effectively than anybody else. Uh, yeah, and we hate to do the whole quickest release of all time. We don't even have to do it. All I know is Clay is telling us how quick he is and we don't even need to do the comparisons to all time because like we talked about all these other guys that clay is in the same conversation with in terms of scoring right now can do more from a scoring standpoint than clay thompson but what clay thompson can do that they can't do is is legitimately second to none there's nobody else that i mean at even the shot last night the in the corner, it looked like a, a shot that you would put up during horse that barely grazed the backboard and went in. Clay, they don't even necessarily look like luck because Clay Thompson, you always know he's got that perfect form that is going to allow you the arc on the ball. So he's going to have a better opportunity to put the ball in, even when it makes zero sense. So Clay's version of scoring and what he can do is almost more impressive because. He doesn't have the same athleticism that these other dynamic scorers have. So I think it's one thing when I look at him and I look at the other scores, even the Jordan Poole, I say, all right, well, Clay can only do more more like one thing. Now, this year he has done a lot. He There were a couple, there were a couple games ago, Ray, Clay Thompson took it on himself and he said I'm getting to the free throw line and Clay Thompson is not a guy that typically does that okay you know I, I'll I'll hop in and I'll you, you play these different games Ray and they have the over under for points scored and different things like that Clay Thompson's over under for free throws is normally 1.5 which means that he does not the the Vegas and the records, they don't believe that he's going to get to the free throw line much and what we've seen from Clay Thompson is what he might not have as a, I guess, a quick twitch athlete, I need to stop saying athlete because we all know he's incredibly athletic, but as far as a quick twitch athlete, he has in other ways. His quick twitch comes from the ability to shoot the basketball. His quick twitch comes from the muscle memory that he has when shooting the basketball. He has the most, and that's why we always talk about how well he shoots and how he has that perfect form because it's so repeatable. Not even Steph has a form that is as repeatable as Klay Thompson. No, it's and, and and I don't even like to compare him to other guys. He's mm -hmm. just, he's a guy who's not going to go to the free throw line. Right. Because he shoots it so quickly, you can't get to him to foul him. Right. Um, all that said, you know, you still also get to see the limitations mm -hmm. of his game now, which is that he needs guys around him so that he can distribute and get the ball back quickly. Right. And one of the things the Warriors don't have this year is those guys. And whether it's because they're not patient enough in a possession or because they just don't have people who have played with Thompson long enough to figure out he's there, I got to get him the ball now. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, he's working, he's working as they all are with and as an incomplete team. I would put DiVincenzo in that category. I would say you got Draymond and you have... DiVincenzo in terms of guys that know, okay, we got to get this guy the basketball. But, but it's, 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 not, not it's not getting him the basketball. Mm -hmm. It's when to get it to him. Mm -hmm. I think that's the nuance that really only Green has now because Curry's not playing. Right. But I'm not sure that everybody else is good enough, often enough, to say, 
play's going to flash now, so the ball's got to be delivered now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, that's the limitation. That said, you know, the Warriors are, they are part of this group of 10 because every one of the 10 has a profound flaw. Like, I mean, the Lakers last night, you know, they they rally to beat Dallas after being down by 27. Great night for them, uh-huh. except that LeBron goes down and now his left foot's hurt the way his right foot's been hurt. Yeah. And he's already out for tomorrow, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. That's Mark Grandy who likes to butt in. Um, that And that's so... It's Everything is... It's a give and it's a take. And that's why all these teams are packed around 500. Uh-huh. And it's not... And it's why this is going to be fun down the stretch. Because you can't bank on anything happening on any given night. You know, there are, there are five elite teams. And there's only two in the East. I mean, two in the West. That's Denver and Memphis. Right. Although... Give me the give me the Kings as an entertainment value at any time. Well, yes, and the Kings. But I mean, I wasn't shocked by Friday night when they won one seventy six to one seventy five. Because if you watch the game from the beginning, they were going, they were getting forty a quarter. It was just, it was not, you know. They just say, you know what, we're just going to outscore you, and if it takes all night to do it, we will. Well, and. You see a score like that, and here's and now the question becomes again: Damian Lillard, his big night, seventy-one points. Are we getting to the point where it's not? Is it still moving people? These crazy, these crazy win, uh, point totals and scoring that the guys are doing. Is it even moving people anymore? You see, obviously it's impressive, but in this current iteration of the NBA. If somebody gets hot, I mean, everybody is putting up enough shots to put up some crazy numbers. Now, impressive, but is it viewed the same way as maybe it it would have been, I don't know, even five years ago? Um, 40s are not a big deal anymore. Right. In 8% of the games this year, somebody's gotten 40. That's a lot. That's a lot. But, you know, you you get to 50. I mean, there's only been 21 guys to do that all year. And Lillard's done it three times. Mm. You know, 50, 50 makes you pay attention no matter what. And it reminds you of how preposterous Will Chamberlain was. Right. The year that he averaged 50. Yeah. It was um, just easy. Yeah. But no, I, I, I don't think people are turned off by it. They would be turned off. They've seen, and this is only going back 10 years, they've seen games were played in the 70s by both teams. Mm-hmm. That was repellent. This is not. And, yeah, you don't get excited by somebody going for 40 because, like I said, it happens, you know, one out of every 10 times. But you see guys who just get on heaters. And I think the difference is that coaches used to say, I don't care what happens, that guy's not going to get 40. Guard the hell out of him, put two guys on him, but he's not going to kill us anymore. I don't think they care that as much about that. They're okay with guarding everybody else and making sure it doesn't turn into 148.95. Well, and also, again, going to how the game is played now, there's more shooting around. So if your team is at least decent enough, and I know Damian Lillard wasn't playing with Anthony Simons, so he's carrying a bit of the load. I think some of that is, is not carrying the same way. And then some of that also is, well, this team... Everybody can shoot a little bit better than they could in the past, so you can't sell out the same way you used to because somebody else might burn you. Somebody else that you didn't have on the scouting report the same way, anybody could get on a heater. If you read off some of the names, I know there's some, uh, most of the names we've heard of, but some of the names that dropped those 50 burgers this season, it, b- back in the day, it felt like somebody dropping a 50 burger meant, okay, this guy is on his way. He's on the come up. He's doing some things. I don't know if that necessarily means all of that anymore. It just means you got hot. Yeah, but when you look at the guys who've gotten 50 this year, mm-hmm. there's not a dog in, in the in the bunch. It's not like somebody just got hot one night. Right. It's guys who can do that. I mean, Doncic has done it three times. Mm-hmm. Um, Thompson's, well, um, Giannis has done it twice. Like I said, um, you know, you know, it's just 
Well, I'll just read the. I'll just read the list. Let's hear it. Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Doncic, Lillard again, Embiid, Booker, Giannis, Anthony Davis, Giannis again, Thompson, Doncic, Embiid, Siakam, Booker, Doncic, Garland, Tatum, Giannis a third time, Curry, and Doncic again. There isn't a guy there that you wouldn't pay to watch. No. And it's kind of an indicator to me that if if the bar now has moved past 40... You're still going to get excited about 50, and 50's happened 20 times. Yeah. And that's, and five years ago, might have happened twice. Well, but if you look at, and the only person I would say, and he's a darn good player, Darius Garland is probably the, the number one where you think, okay, uh, he is going to be good. We, don't, we have no clue how good. To, to be honest, Ray, I still find myself asking that question about, dare I say, Donovan Mitchell. I maybe we'll know more. After this run in the playoffs, but Donovan Mitchell is one of the most confusing players to me in the league because I understand how talented he is. I have no clue what level of stardom I should give Donovan Mitchell. And I know he's done some crazy things, as you just read off. I I, I have no clue. The other guys that you read off, Ray, besides a Steph Curry, you got Luka, who ball dominant, Giannis ball dominant. So maybe it's less about the level of player and more about okay, well if you pl- if you are Giannis and you are in that offense, dropping 50 isn't incredibly surprising. If you are Luka Doncic and you literally are touching the ball that often, it's not that surprising. Impressive, yes, but I think that maybe impressive isn't the right word. It's just I'm not surprised because of how these guys play. Well, also the way that other teams defend them. Right. It's just, again, coaches aren't sending that second or third guy anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is because so much more of the game is played out in space. But And it's not down low where it's easier to collapse on a guy. But is that the difference between, and uh, yes, he went to the conference finals, but they are sending that guy in the playoffs a la what we saw with the Mavericks and now Luca, instead of, you know, just doing whatever it is he normally does, now he's tossing it out to Reggie Bullock and it's it's good night. Even though yes, he did get all the way to the Western Conference final. I mean, well, I mean you know, part of it too is some of those games come against, you know, bad teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's unavoidable. But I don't know that coaches change their defenses that much in the postseason. Right. Um, I would be willing to bet that you still won't see more than one or two games played in the 90s all the postseason. Yeah. It's just the game has, it's just slowly but surely transcended into a different thing. And I think coaches operate better in that diamond dynamic than they did five and six years ago when you'd only have five or six guys getting 50. Yeah, and and... Jordan Poole didn't get to 50, but we know he's gotten he's gotten pretty darn close. Here's here's my question, Ray. Jordan Poole, looking at how he came up on the scene, we all know the story. He was in the G League, and last year was just a, a breakout year for Jordan Poole. He wasn't going to sneak up on anybody this season. Everybody understood, okay, we got to make sure we got eyes on this guy. We also got to make sure that we make him defend. Going into different games, Jordan Poole is going to get an inefficient 15 or something like that. What is the scouting report right now for other teams going up against the Warriors? And when they say, okay, Jordan Poole, this is how you handle Jordan Poole. What is the book that's out on Jordan Poole right now? I don't know if there's a book out on Jordan Poole. I think that teams are willing to let him try to beat them. Mm -hmm. It's what happens around him as well as him. Yeah, because I believe, to the extent that there is a book on pool. I mean, if you're playing the Warriors and they're healthy, you're more you're going to be more concerned about what Green does to you, what Curry does to you, what Thompson does to you, right? And to a lesser extent, what Wiggins does to you. Um, with Pool, I think the theory is not let him shoot, because I think if you let him shoot, he'll he'll put up a forty. Sure, but. I don't think they worry about it because I think he is a guy who doesn't take the ideal shot every time down. Mm -hmm. And guys who don't take the ideal shot every time down had either better be Damian Lillard or Stephen Curry or you're going to be able to catch them on the night where they're 6 for 21. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you watched any highlights of the Lillard game, but Mm -hmm. 
he literally got to a heater to such an extent that he was pulling up from 45. And it wasn't like one of those, you know, get a running start. And he he pulled up with normal form. You know, he had, he had you know, shots from 30 where he was falling back. He was doing this for snicks and giggles. Yeah. And the truth is, he's one of the very few guys who can shoot the ball 38 times and have it make sense. And when I say very few guys, I mean almost nobody else. Curry doesn't do that. I mean, this is probably the only guy, maybe with the exception of, of Doncic, who you just go, if he shoots it 30 times, he's gonna get he's gonna get the 50. And we're gonna be okay with that. I mean, Curry is more a guy who operates within a greater offense, and you never see him take more than 25. No. But Lillard is a guy who has the greenest light in sports. You know, more than anybody else because of what he did last night. Well, if you are a Warrior fan, I think, or a Steph fan in particular, you would never trade what Steph has, right? It all comes it all comes in a package deal. But I'm sure there are people out there thinking, man, it would be fun to just see Steph in a high-usage role. And we've had this conversation plenty of times. It would be nice to see Steph in a high usage role and a because his usage is high now but a different usage role where he is just going to chuck up shots just to see what he could put up and i think that is maybe the one thing that dub nation is okay with not seeing but at the same time it might be the one thing who knows right maybe it'll be steph's last season and he just decides on that will that will be my bet right there right that the last season for steph curry will probably be the season he hits his career high there's just going to be a season where who knows what the warriors are doing in terms of where they're competing and even if even if he is in a good spot where he's where they're competing. There is going to be a game where Steph just looks at Steve Curry and he says, out of all these years, I've never gone for it. I'm going for something. I think that's going to happen. Because he's not, he's going to want to look back and say, I want to know what I could have really put up if I had the same usage as all these different guys. I don't think he's a usage guy, though. I don't think, I don't think that's his greatness. His greatness is that when he has to, he can, but he would prefer to play in a more egalitarian system. You don't think there's any part of him that just thinks, I'd like to, not for a whole season, but I'd like to at least see what I can do. We've seen glimpses of it in the past when the Warriors were, you know, down a couple guys, but you know what? Whether it's a couple games I'm going to take out of the last season of my career, the last two seasons of my career, and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. I don't think he has to go for it. He's already got enough skins on the wall that that uh, that would be sort of antithetical to the way he is. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not playing that. I just I, I that doesn't strike me as something that he would be proud of. I just, really. I think he's shown that he can get 50 without being the guy who shoots the ball every time he gets it. I think he likes to play within a context. And you know maybe I'm romanticizing this a bit, but. I've never seen him jack up 35. Well, Andre Iguodala did say today in their presser that Steph Curry is the closest thing we have to Jesus Christ, so you might be right. Well, okay. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a religious take that I'm probably not comfortable <laughs> with, but truth is, I don't think Curry wants to play that way. Mm. I don't think he gets energized by being the guy who has to be fed constantly. You know, I just... That's not what I view. Just you know? a couple times, Ray. Not not the whole season. Well, no, I don't even think he needs to prove that anymore. He has nothing left to prove. All right. So when we come back, oh, I forgot to tell you today. We have Amin Al Hassan mm-hmm. coming on at four. Howard Beck at four thirty. We're trying to find Kevin Calabro, one of the uh, Portland broadcasters, so that he can give us an update on all things Lillard. Because I don't know who else we want to talk about. And. Um, but that's going to be at, that's going to be after the four o'clock anyway. Um, let's let's do something else. So, by the way, oh, we're presented by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. So, that's that. Now back to 
Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. I was supposed to tell you this in the last break, but I'm lousy at my job, so I'll tell you now. This show, for good or ill, is streaming live on YouTube. So head to youtube.com slash 95.7 The Game to watch us live and see what's going on inside the studio, which I can assure you is nothing whatsoever except two guys sitting at chairs. Like and subscribe for all 95.7 The Game content on YouTube and see other guys sitting on chairs, too. We're back. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Amin Al Hassan will be here in about 12 minutes. Uh, we're going to have Howard Beck at 4.30. We might have somebody else after that. We don't know. It's all in the hands of Lucas Alexander, our half-drunken producer. <laughs> what do we know, Lucas? What? What are you asking? Nothing. Go back to sleep. Thank you. You really nailed that one. Um, back to the NBA, and then we'll talk about all this goofy stuff that's going on in the NFL right now, which does not include the combine. It does. It doesn't. The combine is the least important thing right now. (laughs) But of the 10 teams that we've been talking about, Phoenix, the Clippers, Dallas, the Warriors, Utah, Minnesota, New Orleans, Portland, the Lakers, and Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. Is there one in that group and I, you'll probably say Phoenix, but I don't want to give you a steer. Who you think can actually get on a heater and separate itself from the rest of this mob? I still do feel, I know a lot of people are starting to re-warm up to the Lakers because that's just what that's just what people do. I Maybe they just played above their skis or played at the level that we expected them to play at these last couple years and they haven't been healthy. But I don't know, Ray. I'm still getting flashbacks to those Clippers and what they did to the Warriors. And that that was one of the the best versions of the Clippers that we've seen. We have no clue how often we'll see it and how often we'll see all of them on the court at the same time. But if for some reason they all decide that they're going to play this season out and every and, you know, they got Russell Westbrook now who played well. I know he got sat at the end of that game that ended up going into overtime and they lost to the nuggets but that if you're if you, if I'm not doing the cop out and taking the suns and I'm not saying the warriors then I would say the clippers I yeah I they they kind of leave me cold I mean and the only reason why I would lean toward phoenix is because when durant is healthy durant is durant mm-hmm. but other than that I can't see a team here that's going to separate itself. I think we might get the perfect storm. We're going into April 8th. Mm -hmm. Almost all these teams are still in it. I think that is what's going to happen. And the Warriors, their reasoning would be most likely due to injury and when you're going to get Steph or Andrew Wiggins back. And I've gone back and forth with you, Ray. I've been optimistic. I've been pessimistic. If you look at what Clay Thompson is bringing to you now, and you got Clay, and you do get Wiggins back, and you get Steph Curry back, and you have Draymond Green, I can see why all those people at the beginning of the season, hey, as long as the Warriors get into the playoffs healthy, they got a shot. I can see why somebody would have that take, because when you do look around at the West, a lot of people was calling it the Midwest because they are all very mid and nobody is outstanding. And then the Suns went and got Kevin Durant. We'll see how that turns out. But unless the Suns get rolling here, there's no team. I, I do like the Nuggets. I think that neither of them play defense, but Jokic is a problem. We talked a little bit about it last week. I don't see a team where you would definitely count the Warriors out. And if you're not going to count the Warriors out, and I'll do you one better. How many teams in the West would have the best player on the court when facing the Warriors? Meaning they have a player better than Steph Curry. I I, I don't know that I ever think about these games that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I do know that you know now that they've won two in a row again and have held two teams below 105, yeah, which is stunning for them. That people are all of a sudden jazzed about them again. Yeah. But I just look at the schedule from you know going on Sunday, on the road for three, back home for two, on the road for five, and 
while I don't like to break the schedule down to you can win at home all the time, but you can't win on the road ever, that's how it's kind of shaping up. And I think, so the test here is not how they do against Portland or the Clippers or or New Orleans on Friday. It's what they do when they're in L.A. on Sunday or at Oklahoma City or at Memphis next Thursday. or And then the Clippers, Hawks, Grizzlies, Rockets, Mavericks, and the next road trip. Because I don't trust them on the road. No. Uh, I mean, there there's something about a team that gives up 126, 134, and then 124, and then comes home, gives up 101 and 104. Mm -hmm. It almost feels like these guys can't function if they're not playing on their own home floor. And that's not, to me, the definition of a a potential champion. Well, no. But it also means that all these other teams are like that, too, because they all stink on the road. Do you think it matters that the splits aren't the same, right? I mean, if the Warriors, where are the Warriors in terms of how bad they are on the road compared to all these other teams? Are they that much worse than the other teams? Yes. <laughs> but I think they're, I they're think only that two teams that there are only two teams in the West who have won less often on the road than they have and that's San Antonio and Houston. That's bad. That's horrific. That's really bad. And in the East it would be Indiana, Charlotte and Detroit. You know, these are Not five teams that, yeah, these are five teams that, A, have no shot, and four of which are trying desperately to lose every game they can. Exactly. And the Spurs have lost 16 in a row, and their average margin of defeat in the games they've lost this year is 16. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's going out wanting to be routed. Right. And they are, hey, you can be successful at being unsuccessful, Ray, if that's what you want. You said that being on the road or what they do on the road is is important and obviously it is but because it's that important doesn't that also go back and make the home games that much more important i know you want to see what they do against the lakers the thunder and the grizzlies who dub nation has just decided that the warriors can take the grizzlies lunch money whenever they want and i don't know if i feel as confident as everybody else i'm really interested i know they're not gonna have steph i'm really interested to see what the warriors do thursday march 9th in memphis but going back to the three games that are upcoming because you stink on the road it makes these home games that much more important you can't drop because the chances okay so if they win the three games coming up that would match their longest win streak which again was at home the last time. But if you, you're going up against the Clippers, the Pelicans, you never know what you're going to get. You can't drop these home games because you're not good on the road. So you say, I want to see what they do on the road. I say, you got to take care of business at home because I don't trust what they're going to do on the road. Well, no, I mean, I think we're arguing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just from, you know, one one of us is standing on his head and the other is... <laughs> laying down face first but no it's it's not avoidable because the warriors at home have the fourth best record in basketball Mm -hmm. you know they're behind denver memphis uh milwaukee philadelphia and that's it fifth best record in basketball but they're that horrible on the road so they are essentially two teams and it is one of the very few things about them that is consistent is they don't win if they're not in san francisco and at some point, that has to become a mind over matter problem, because there's no, there's no compelling explanation as to why a team that has been as good as they have been for as long as they've been, to all of a sudden get frightened of the road. But when you're seven and twenty-three, that's what it says. Yeah, you know, you you can't have a record that is basically two games better than the Spurs on the road and call yourself a legitimate championship contender. And when I'm thinking back to some of the games that happened earlier in the season when we talk about the Orlando, that terrible road trip would really set the tone for the Warriors on the road. They should have been able to overcome it, but they weren't. Even if you give back, okay, let's say that they don't play horribly that first weekend. Even if that's true and you give them Orlando, Detroit, and I believe they lost to Charlotte as well. Even if you wash those games off and you give them wins for whatever the reason is, 
it's still a terrible record. They've never been able to catch it because a lot of people earlier in the season, well, those games were early on in the season. It doesn't matter. You could make those W's. It wouldn't make a difference. Their record would still be atrocious on the road. Yeah, but the the, the five-game losing streak that you're referring to mm-hmm. happened early on. They should have been able to self-correct by now. Oh, I agree. And that's that's the takeaway. Um because they did, they did have the Milwaukee. They had they had a six game road trip where they went one and five, but they were playing better teams then. Mm-hmm. But early in the year, you know, everybody's trying to find their footing. Nothing matters yet, and I don't think that's what broke them. I think what broke them is their either unwillingness or inability to put up convincing defensive performances that will get you over the hump on a night when you're not shooting well away from home because mm-hmm. that's where your your shooting percentages tend to drop. Right. And I think that's the problem is that it all goes back to the fact that they apparently cannot rely on their defensive effort night in and night out anymore. No. Um I, I mean it just it it jumps out at me that, you know, these last two games again Houston, terrible, trying to lose. Minnesota, you know, a game behind the Warriors, so it's not really a you know, not really a difference. But would you would you would you look at Portland on on tomorrow night and think, oh, they'll hold them to a hundred? Because I don't. I have no reason to think that. Yeah, I don't think there is a reason to think that. No. But you know who might have a reason to think that? Who's the that? lovely and talented Amin Al Hassan. Amin, welcome. Where is he? I think he got a better offer. Oh, I guess we should do the ID. While we're waiting for Amin Hassan, this is your 4 o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.